existing only to stamp out demonic influence within the Zabat. The in-house inquisition sees demons as a very real and immediate threat, because they control everything with which they become involved. Their very nature demands subjugation and slavery. The Zabat is based on freedom, and demons destroy freedom. The Zabat Inquisition was formed originally in the early 19th century in a response to the growing influence of infernalism and other dark paths to power that certain members of the Sword of Cain were pursuing. Gustav Mullenhaus, a well-renowned Ventruenter tribute and Priscus, discovered that a cult had formed in Europe during a visit to an old friend, and while he survived the encounter, he also realized the problem was far more widespread than he could have ever imagined. Being a Priscus, Malenhaus had some clout amongst the leaders of the Sabbat, and he set out to form what was to become the Inquisition. Malenhaus sought the aid of the Shepherds of Cain, a coven of Sabbat Cainites based in Montreal who had a long history of resisting demonic corruption, claiming that one such creature was bound beneath the soil of the city they occupied. Together with the Ventru, they helped set down the foundations of the Sabbat Inquisition and have maintained ties with it ever since. Two of its members, Alfred Benezri and Joachim, would join to become inquisitors, Joachim eventually ascending to the seat of command, ruling over roughly 50 inquisitors. Although initially effective at what they were doing, and politically secular, the inquisition became mired in the second civil war of the Sabbat and by the end of it, they had become a political tool that did little more than hunt down and execute political rivals. Ultimately, a dominion of the Black Hand and Banu Hakim at the tribute, Julian of Avignon, reformed the Sabbat together with Alfred Benezri in 1911. His suggestion was a much smaller organization, focused primarily on the purpose for which it had been created and keeping out of politics as much as possible, involving no members of the Black Hand, shepherds or any other factions. The Inquisition's involvement in trying to limit the Black Hand's power via Regent Gorkist may have influenced this decision, at least imparting the necessity of neutrality in the mind of Julian. But in order to truly reform the organization, a sacrifice was needed. In 1919, Joachim and her followers were hunted down by the Black Hand outside Philadelphia. Five years after that, Julian left the Black Hand to lead the new Inquisition. Julian's reasoning behind this is believed to have been his suspicion of outside manipulation of the Black Hand, although by whom and for what reason he had been unable to decipher. Thus, he would use the Inquisition not only to root out infernalists, but also to covertly explore who might in secret be influencing the Lost Tribe. Julian became the first Grand Inquisitor of the Sabbat and oversaw its operations for many years, avoiding countless attempts at his life until 1970 when his own sire took his life. Julian thankfully managed to slay his sire before he succumbed to his wounds, and the Inquisition found itself without leaders. It took another three years before Maria Sandoza, child of Ambrosio Luis Muncada and broodmate to Lucita de Aragon, ascended to the position of Grand Inquisitor. Maria had survived the fight in El Paso that had claimed the life of Julian, and although she physically has the body of a 15-year-old, she is feared and respected among the canines of the Sabbat for the incredible power hidden beneath that seemingly harmless outside. Maria is well aware that there is something truly ancient and evil buried beneath Montreal, and has sent night inquisitors to the city multiple times, attempting to shake things up and see what comes crawling out. 
Although Julian was once Black Hand before he took over the Inquisition, there is a long history of rivalry and ill will between it and the Lost Tribe. Templars, the elite bodyguards appointed by bishops and those of higher rank in the Sabbat, are strictly prohibited from membership in the Black Hand, as are the members of the Inquisition. And this ban goes both ways. It is not helped that the Inquisition has the permission to trial and condemn any Sabbat Canite to death for trucking with internal powers, except for members of the Black Hand who are exempt from their judgment. The only ones allowed to perform this judgment are the Seraphim of the subsect. But it is not simply the Black Hand who loathe the 30 or so Canites who composed the Inquisition. Most of the Sabbat consider them, at best, a necessary evil, and their presence in a city often provokes extreme reactions. For a good reason, because while Infernalists are the primary targets of the Inquisition, they are far from the only. Camarilla sympathizers, or as they are called by the Inquisition, agents of the Antediluvians, are shown no mercy, nor do they tolerate any who would deny the existence of Cain. Worshippers of Lilith are not tolerated either, yet the Bahari have remained relatively prevalent despite this, having built a successful underground network of adherents. As they openly announce their arrival to a city, the Inquisition trust that their mere presence will stir enough worry among the sinners and heretics that things will begin to shift on their own. They demand that any Sabbat who may be privy to information pertaining to their purpose inform them privately, as such, and most often the Inquisition keeps the identity of their sources secret. Once the suspect has been found, which may take between one and three weeks, the Inquisition has a surprisingly high percentage of exposed heretics. They are summoned before the city's bishops and priests to stand trial. Evidence is presented, and three judge inquisitors weigh the evidence and testimonials. At the end, the suspect can either be declared not guilty, after which they receive a writ declaring it so, or they will be declared guilty and punishment shall proceed. The Inquisition will then torture the heretic in order to retrieve any and all information they can from them in regards to other infernalists and heretics. Once this has been done, the guilty will be brought before the public, so to speak, and be executed in what is called the auto de fe, or act of faith. Inquisitors are often very creative in their executions, involving everything from acid baths to the slow peeling of flesh and muscle off of the canine's body. Only diablerie is forbidden, as the blood of the accused is considered tainted. Anyone who is found to have aided the Infernalist is likewise punished in a cruel and unusual manner. Through thaumaturgical rituals, the accomplice is put inside the trunk of a tree somewhere far from civilization. There they will remain for all eternity, their outline visible and serving as a constant reminder to other Sabbat about the consequences of helping an Infernalist. Inquisitors rarely travel alone, instead moving in packs of up to five members, often composed of both judge inquisitors and knight inquisitors. They are led by a senior judge who is the ductus for the pack. There are also watchers, retired judges who oversee the work of these packs and who catalog and analyze the investigations of the field workers. They operate from the so-called Santo Officio, the Holy Office, which is located in a hidden location at the core of the sect, presumably close to or in Mexico City. The Grand Inquisitor is appointed by the Regent of the Sabbat and is supervised by an envoy bound to the Regent in order to ensure that loyalty to the Sabbat and its code remains of utmost priority. 
It is also not uncommon for judge and knight inquisitors to operate separately if the need arises. Judge inquisitors are the faces of the inquisition and will travel in tribunals, assisted by templars of the Sabbat. While they are expert investigators, their job is often done after the fact, arriving upon word that there may be infernalism active in the city. The Knight Inquisitors, meanwhile, are at the fore, traveling between cities in order to investigate and, if necessary, root out heretics and infernalists, regardless of rumors. They will often report any findings to a watcher so that they may dispatch a tribunal to officially oversee the investigation. But should it be necessary, a Knight Inquisitor has the full rights to strike down a potential heretic as long as there is good grounds for suspicion and that there was a likely risk of the subject escaping or causing the knight harm. The followers of the Path of Evil Revelations are some of the more common foes of the Inquisition. These are vampires who have fully embraced the idea that theirs is an evil and twisted existence, that canines exist to sow misery and suffering unto humanity, and that they are no longer human, nor are they ever capable of redemption. These vampires willingly sacrifice their souls for their demonic lords and also actively work to corrupt others, spreading their vile influence like an insidious cancer in the Sabbat. It is said that such a vast quantity of the leaders of the Sabbat are infernalists that should any member of the sect come to realize this, they would lose faith in the movement itself. This, however, seems to contradict other statements claiming that the infestation of devil worshippers has been largely dealt with, and that all those who do take the short, corrupting path to power are prone to infighting and lack of cohesion. Whatever the truth, the Inquisition, after its reform, is a power few dare contest or question, at least openly. The Tremere Antitribu, formed by those who chose to follow Gorotrix as he abandoned the clan in the 18th century, are all said to have been destroyed in an attack by an unknown assailant at the end of the 1990s. Their primary chantry, located over a thousand feet below Mexico City in the volcanic bedrock of the valley, has been left standing as a silent testament to the sudden and violent removal of these anti-tribu, and reputedly the ashed remains of these canines can still be found in its lowest levels. Universidad del Tercer Circo del Serpiente Dorado was much more than just a haven during its time of use, serving as a center of sorcerer's research, a college of occult education, and storage for some of the darkest and most vile experiments conducted in the Sabbat. Protected by seven labyrinths of increasingly complex challenges, it is still occasionally visited by looters, searching the vast archives and libraries for information and secrets kept close to the warlock's hearts. The Tremere Antitribu, while officially banned from employing Dark Thaumaturgy, were some of the more common wielders of it. Unlike Common Thaumaturgy, which finds its power in blood and the energies of the world, Dark Thaumaturgy has its source in the infinitely corrupting pits of hell, and any who would wield it have already forsaken their soul to the demonic overlords. It is a widely known fact that the Tremere Antitribu and the Inquisition rarely saw eye to eye, Goratrix's adepts far too powerful and necessary, however, for the larger leadership of the Sabbat to condemn the warlocks, and their often twisted experiments and pursuits. Some even whisper that the annihilation of the house was done on order of the Grand Inquisitor, Maria having grown tired of the game of cat and mouse she had been playing with Goratrix. 
Some others claim that it was Tremere himself who burned the anti-tribute to dust in an instant, taking possession of his former protege and lover in order to bring punishment to those who had abandoned the pyramid. The truth will most likely never be fully known, but who knows what other secrets their chantry hold, and what lengths the Inquisition may go to keep them out of others' hands. Our work has pleased the antediluvian snow who has risen to oversee it. Long may he reign, this dark god. The Methuselah, Aubrey Ayers, whose wisdom transcends the boundaries of our understanding, and her satanic majesty Dani, reborn through fire and ice, are likewise worthy of our devotion. We are truly blessed to serve such illustrious masters. The Council would also especially thank these primogen for their contributions to its work. Maximilian S. Hardcastle, 06, and Stonewolf 18. Your wisdom, experience, and good judgment shall be the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. Our elders Edward Reed, Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, and Gaslight 88 shall receive our gratitude for their support and wise counsel. And we would also wish to send our thanks to the Ancile, Colin Gifford, Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, and Zeko Arnold for their support. Likewise, our stalwart neonates shall, as always, receive our appreciation for their services. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.